I'm going to just pray as we enter today. I am really expectant for what God wants to do this morning. And I know that you are in a great place right now. You are in the house of God, the very gateway of heaven. I know something good is going to happen in your life today, in your life today, Melbourne, online, because where we are is holy ground. The Lord is here. And I'm going to share out of a key verse that God spoke to me personally, and I felt He wanted me to share to you and I as we enter 2023. But what we need to know... What you and I need to lean into today, and I'm believing God that 2023 is going to be a phenomenal year for your life. I'm believing in the name of Jesus, He has big things for you. He wants to enlarge you. He wants to increase you. He wants to bless you and strengthen you. And as we launch into a new year, can I tell you, friend, and remind us who is on our side? Who is it? It is Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We can't fail. No enemy can come against us because we have Him fighting for us and on our side. And come on, if you can join me, let's praise God for that, that as we enter this year, He's with us. It's going to be a good year for you and your family. You're going to take steps of faith and become the person of God He's called you to be. He has an incredible promised land for you in 2023. And here's the verse we're going to lean into together. Deuteronomy 30, 10 to 20. God speaking to His people through Moses. Today, everyone say today. I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Can we all just reach our hands to the Lord? Jesus, I pray over these next few moments we have together, as we go into your Word, we all open our heart to hear you. Precious Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We give you permission to speak to our heart. We lay our life down, our plans down, our dreams down at your feet today that you might speak as the Lord of our life. And all of us together pray that Carlton will win the premiership in 2023. We pray for John Owen, Ben Owen, Ryan Hallahan, and Prue, and all the Essendon supporters. Everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you guys can grab your seat. Thank you, band. You can grab your seat in Melbourne. And uh, we're going to have an older call for the Owens later, just healing in the name of Jesus for Essendon supporters. But, well, guys, I'm wondering, have you ever noticed a significant moment in a relationship you have had with another person? I believe relationships are filled with significant moments. And let's just think about romantic relationships. You know, uh, you find someone at Leaders Big Day Out. You begin an interstate relationship. And, and this is the first time that you text each other. And this is the first time you hold hands and you begin date. It's, it's these significant moments that, you know, you, you remember. And I remember for Ebony and I, I am like the most hopeless romantic. I did so many things wrong. I, I remember 
the first time I like wrote a love letter to her and uh, we were friends. I'm like, this is going to be a wonderful moment. It's going to be significant. Things will change from this moment on. And, and I write this letter and I don't know what she did with it, but it didn't work. I, I, it just didn't work. I got denied from the love letter. It hurt. It hurt. I remember the first time I tried to hug her and just like, I was trying to tell her I want to be a little bit more than friends and that did not end well. It was not the moment I thought, but... But hey, eventually something worked. And I do remember the first time I tried to sing her a song. And you would know this if you ever sit in front of me. There's a reason I'm often in the front row. It's because I can't sing and we don't want anyone else to hear it. And I was in love. I was stupid. I remember I recorded it. I think it was an Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> and I just sent it. And I was like, I, I, and then I just went off my phone. I'm like, oh, that's good. And about a minute later, I'm like, I should probably listen to it. And to my horror, it sounded like a dying cat. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, Jesus, I pray she still likes me. But I remember the most significant moment, I think, that changed our future was the moment I proposed to her. And I think we actually have a photo, Melbourne East online. Look at that. <clears throat> Now, a few things go through my mind. Now, at the time, I was like, how can I just be so sexy she can't say no? And I decided to wear a bucket hat while proposing. Sun safety does not take a break. And uh, man, I reckon I'm probably the only person in human history to propose with a bucket hat. Uh, and it's probably safe to say she loves me for my personality. But can I just give all the ladies in this room a tip? of what not to say, okay? I had, I had recited a poem. I, 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 I gave my best go at writing the love of my life a poem to propose to her. And I, I start reading this poem and I'm, I like practice it, I practice it. I remember in that morning, I was practicing, I was practicing, I'm like, I don't wanna have notes. And, and I start reading this poem, but then my brain just goes blank. And there's these awkward silences. So I'm like, Ebony, uh, I can't remember anything now. But anyway, I was like, uh, you are the most beautiful girl I have ever seen. And then there's this break. And in one of those breaks, you know what she said to me? Ladies, don't do this. She said, you are not proposing, are you? And I'm like, are you kidding me? You can't do that. I just completely ignored her. And I just kept going with my awkward poem. And uh, it worked. So I don't know what I did right. I did not do much right. But she did say yes, everybody. And I deserve a hand for that. After that awful singing, I don't know, Melbourne, if you ever want to hear me sing. But I, there are significant moments, significant moments where things change forever from that moment forward. And what I want to propose to us here this morning, that it is actually the exact same with our relationship with Jesus. We have these significant moments in our walk with Him that from that moment on, the future is changed forever and it, it is a destiny-defining moment. And when it comes to Jesus, we have two really defining moments, I believe. Number one is when He becomes our personal Savior, when we invite Him into our heart, as Kate so wonderfully shared here on the Sunshine Coast uh, earlier. But maybe if you are here and you've never had that moment, making Him your personal Savior, we're going to give you an opportunity to do later and so encourage you to. But there is a second moment. This is after we get saved, after we get forgiven of our sins, where He doesn't just be our Savior, but there's a moment where we make Him the Lord of our life. And everything shifts from there. 
I believe this, to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a servant of Christ, a soldier of Him, to be a follower of Jesus, Melbourne. We need to yield to Jesus, not just as our Saviour, but as our Lord. Luke 14, 27 to 28 says this in the New Living, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the costs. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the costs to see if there's enough money to finish it? See, Jesus is talking here to a radical uh, discipleship journey of making him the Lord of our life, of denying ourselves and making him Lord. Jesus as Savior is about what he does for us. But Jesus as Lord is about what we do for Him. As Savior, He dies for us. As Lord, we die for Him. As Lord, we put Him first above all else in our life, above everything else. And His will for our life becomes the most important thing to us. Not my will, but your will be done. That's that significant moment, just like when I got on that knee and shared that awkward poem and everything changed from that moment. When we make Him the Lord of our life, everything shifts and and it's an amazing moment. And that's what I want to talk about here today. I love our dream for the decade where we see people being apprehended. Everyone say apprehended. Come on, giant Alex, say apprehended. Apprehended. And what does it look like to be apprehended for Christ in 2023? I remember I shared a bit earlier, as a 17-year-old young man, I was broken. And I, I came into a uh, moment in my life that was the lowest of lows. And I, I grew up going to church, but I had wandered away. And I remember, just like it was yesterday, nearly 11 years ago, I turned back to Jesus. I cried out to Him in my bedroom, and I said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me here tonight. I I remember it was like a crossroad moment in my life. Was I going to live life my own way and go all in as a young man to the ways of this world, or am I going to go all in to Jesus And I made that decision that day. And I want to share that for me, it radically changed everything about my life. It was a significant moment. See, I was actually at the time at university studying to be a paramedic. My absolute dream job, I I had nailed it down. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a firefighter calendar model. No, no, I'm just kidding. That's what Ebony wanted. I wanted to be a firefighter or a rescue paramedic. I had my dream. I'm like, this is what I'm doing with my life. And I loved it. And after this moment in my, in my bedroom when I gave my life to Jesus, and over the next few months, I made Him the Lord of my life. And I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. I surrendered my life to Him. And then came this moment where my uni degree uh, was coming the end of the semester, and I, and I actually said, Lord, do you want me to continue doing this? Really hoping he would say yes. But this was a big moment for me because I heard him say no. Do you know, it's only tested if Jesus is the Lord of our life when there's a moment where our will and his will clash. And I disagree. I don't want to do that. It's easier when it, we agree, but when, it, when the clash moments come, what's in our heart comes out. And I said, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
And to Pastor Josh's great delight, he said, I want you to not work, not study. I want you to give a, a, a year of your life to church. And I, I sat down with Pastor Josh and I said, I want to do internship, but I don't want to just do one day. I want to do like three days. I'm just going all in for building the church for a year. And I loved it. I felt called to ministry. And in that year, so much amazing stuff happened. But then the end of that year came and I said, Lord, okay, am I going to go back to now do my real dream and become a firefighter calendar model. I mean, firefighter. Uh, <laughs> I'm still hoping that dream might come to pass one day. I can let go of the firefighter, but the calendar model would be, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ebony would love it. All right, so this moment came, and I felt God say, no again. I want you to, to go and study, but I want you to do a career that would be complementary to what I call you to do in ministry or for the church. And at that time, I, I really sought God and I, I completely changed my career on one word from God. And it was just when he said no. And I began to pray and I felt him call me to do a teaching degree because it would work great with, with uh, ministry or whatever God has for me in, in my calling outside uh, of, the, of the marketplace and in the church. And so I completely shifted uh, my university degree in that moment. And it was a defining moment for me because what really was happening in my heart as a young man is will I be the Lord of my life or will Jesus be the Lord of my life? And it was a defining moment. And I believe for us here as we enter a new year, as we enter 2023, I want to stir us up and encourage us across all our locations to put Jesus first. I want us to become on fire with, for our relationship with Christ and our calling in the Holy Spirit to hunger like God for God like we never have before. And I'm going to read this verse up just from verse 20 again. You can make this choice by loving. Everyone say loving. The Lord your God, obeying, everyone say obeying, and committing, everyone say committing, yourself fully to Him. This is the key to your life. So my first point here is to love the Lord. How do we do this? We start by loving Him. I love there was a moment uh, when Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment? In other words, what's the thing you want us to focus on most, God, out of everything the Bible tells us to do? And I love it. He makes it so simple. He replies with two thoughts. Number one is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To love the Lord our God, it needs to be our highest priority. It needs to be our deepest desire, our greatest goal, the thing that we put most of our focus in. Jesus is saying here that that would be to love the Lord our God, to love Him. And as we enter 2023, I encourage us, how can we love Jesus in a deeper way? How can we be more immersed and surrendered to Him? Because everything else in our life will flow out of our relationship with Him. I'll never forget Marita, uh, a hero of mine, shared this with me when I was young. She's, and it's her life first, Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and everything else will be added unto you. See, so often we enter the start of the year, we're writing our goals, we're chasing fitness and diet and sleep patterns and work. You know, it's like, we're, we're, where do I aim this gun? It's everywhere. But this scripture says, hey, hey, first seek first Jesus. Yes. 
I love simple. This makes life simple. First, seek first the kingdom of God. Love the Lord your God and everything will be added from that place. And I just want to stir us up here that anything, anything that gets in the way between us and Jesus needs to be ruthlessly eliminated from our life. They are called idols. Some are sin and obvious. Some are not sin and obvious. Where does our time go? Where does our money go? Where do, what do we search when we have an hour on YouTube? And for me, that's always like running. or something. But these things in our life, they can. They're not always bad in itself, but have they become an idol that come between me and Jesus? Because he needs to be the number one in our hearts. And I want to encourage us here today that this year Jesus wants nothing more than for you to know him in a deeper, more intimate, powerful way. He wants to know you face to face. He wants to speak with you as one speaks to a friend. He longs for intimacy with you. And as we enter this year, let's make that our number one priority to love him and let everything else in our life flow from there. Uh, I, I just want to ask us these questions. How can I love Jesus more this year? Melbourne, how can we love him more? How can I build my life around him? And how can I spend more time with him? Number two is obey the law. Why don't we all say obey? Let me ask you a question here. What is your definition of success? Success. I've been so challenged by this in my own heart with God. But I've come to this conclusion that our definition of success will be what drives us on the inside, what motivates us. It will define us. And actually, at the end of the day, everything in our life on the inside will be pushing us towards that direction. Every decision we make goes through that filter of what we feel success is, what I'm building my life towards. And not, it's not just what we say it is, but what our heart and our mind is actually driven towards. And this is so challenging for you and I because we live in a world, don't we, Melbourne, where we are bombarded with the world's version of success to build up as much wealth as I can, to accumulate as all the latest things. And we go on Instagram and Facebook and there's 30,000 messages a day we're getting. You need to buy this, get this, get this, get this, buy that. Selfish ambition, comfort to one day I'll be able to retire and I'll have no problems in the world. It's not that, that these things are wrong in and of itself, but what is our definition of success? And if we are not intentional as a people of God, I have found in my life I drift towards the ways of the world. But we need to be intentional. Okay, well, this year, what is success for me? Now, guys, I'm about to do something quite bold. I'm about to make a public service announcement that in 2023, I'm going to be running a marathon for the first time in my life. I can't back out now. I blame Derek and Steve. I don't know if you're good friends yet. Ask me at the end of the marathon. But some people think I'm crazy. They're like, what, you're paying money to a coach and then you pay money to register for an event where you just suffer an immense pain for hours upon hours. And it's pretty true that you don't see a runner smiling often, do you? It's more about pain. But anyway, 
But imagine this. Imagine if I'm running my first marathon and I make a wrong turn. And I, I start running uh, and I don't know and I run for hours upon hours in the wrong direction. Now, at the end, I can still reach the goal. I ran 42.2. But guess what? It was the same amount of effort, the same amount of pain and suffering, but I actually was at the wrong finish line. Can you imagine that feeling? I would just get on my knees and cry. I would be very sad. But I, I imagine that reaching the end and realizing I was aiming for the wrong goalposts all along. See, this is what I want to think about here. When you and I breathe our last breath on this earth, when we enter heaven and come face to face with Jesus, had we been living our life towards the right goalposts? Because this is the thought here today. It's so easy to get sucked into the ways of the world. But here today, I want to encourage us to reevaluate our life. What a great chance as we're heading into a new year. We're setting our focus. Is my life heading in the direction that in my first day in heaven, I will be glad it was the right goalpost? Whose will am I following? Is it my will, Melbourne, or his will? And I love Steve Covey. He famously taught us, work with the end in mind. And I, for me, I've committed my life as best as I can to work with the end in mind, working backwards from my first day in heaven, to hear Jesus Christ say to me personally, well done, good and faithful servant. You fulfilled all that I called you to do. And for me, I try as, as well as I can to work backwards from that. I remember a date, uh, like uh, it was a, a defining moment for Ebony and I, the 2nd of August, 2018. And it was the day that Ebony and I got asked into Pastor John and Dan's office to pray about and consider moving to Melbourne to plant our location there. And, you know, they just said, we feel like God could be on it, but we really want you to go and pray about it. And uh, it, was, it was out of left field, if I'm completely honest. We were youth pastors at the time. We were loving life on the Sunshine Coast. I was teaching after I did my degree. We had just bought our first home. Uh, we had just said to each other that we love our life. Isn't this amazing? We bought a home near the beach. And uh, anyway... But I remember, and look, if I'm honest, I'm a vision guy. And so straight away, I got pretty excited, if I'm honest. That night, I was, you know, a bit like, oh, like excited. But look, we went to prayer. We went to prayer. And of course, there were moments of immense grieving. But I actually got two photos here today. I went for a walk on the beach uh, after a sleepless night. And uh, the first verse I want to show you, I think there's a photo. It's in my Bible. The next day, the 3rd of August, then I, I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger? to this people who will go for us. I said, here I am, send me. And one word stood out to me, yes, go. Everyone say go. I felt go. And then the next verse, I had two verses. The next day, the 3rd of August, 2018. Uh, uh, and I won't go through it now, but it says, uh, how would anyone go and tell them without being sent? Everyone say sent. Can I tell you this? In that moment of making the biggest decision of our life, those were the only two real words I felt I got from God. 
And to be honest, after I got those two words, there was, I didn't hear God for another fair few months. I heard him say, go. I heard him say, I'm sending you. And for a long season, that was about all I heard. And I was, we were weighing up the cost and, and the sacrifice. But I want to tell you this, that it was another moment for me. Just like when I was going to change my career, here I was absolutely convinced from morning one, the Lord Jesus has called Eb and I to say yes to this. I knew, I heard his voice. And once again, it was his will or my will. And this is the thing, I'm backward working from I want to follow his will for my life. I have already decided that no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, no matter what he asks, I am following Jesus Christ. Amen, who, who agrees with me? We're following him. And we often talk about, yes, there is sacrifice. But friends, can I tell you, when we say yes to Jesus, when we make him the Lord, there is immense blessing and reward in, in our life, not just in eternity, but here in this life. I have been radically following Jesus for 10 years. And one thing I have learned in my life and through observing others is we never come second putting God first. Never. In Ebony and I's life, I can't even tell you the amount of blessing in every area of our life. He has poured on us so graciously in the will of God. And I thought I was laying all this stuff down. And yes, there was sacrifice. Let's, Jesus said, count the cost. But in the sacrifices, we say yes and trust Him. There's tremendous blessing. He blesses us more than we can imagine. He doesn't just fulfill our dreams. The Bible tells us He exceeds them. And when we lay a dream at His feet, He will always exceed them when we are in obedience. Here today, I want to encourage us. Every single one of us, you and I, we have a calling from God, a purpose to do great things, but it comes with a price tag. What is that price tag? It's obedience. Will I obey Him? And obedience matters to God more than we think. And Jesus was the ultimate example of this. I, I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the pressure of the cross was coming on him. This was the crunch time. The Bible says he could have run, he could have called down legions of angels and, and not said yes, but he gets on his knees. And the Bible says that he was almost dripping with blood as the pressure began to come on him. He was in agony. And he said, Lord, please, if you can, take this cup of suffering from me. He's on his knees, but he says this prayer. And if I could encourage all of us in Sunshine Coast of Melbourne to say one prayer at the start of this year, it's this. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And he boldly and courageously said yes in obedience to what God had called him to do, which was to face the cross, to face death, shame and sin and to rise again. But can I tell you this, friends, if we would begin our year on our knees saying, Lord, let your will be done, we will finish this year on our feet, standing strong for Jesus. Come on, let's obey him as the Lord of our life. <clears throat> So here today, maybe instead of writing our goals and asking him to bless them, maybe before we even write our goals and resolutions, should we ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to start doing, stop doing? 
keep doing, Jesus. Your will, not mine. And lastly, as I invite the band up, we love God, we commit firmly, and we, uh, sorry, and we obey Him. And now lastly, we commit firmly to the Lord. We commit our heart to Him. I believe that, and the Bible tells us, God looks to and fro throughout the earth for a heart that is fully committed to Him. What does that mean? It means that we give Him everything, every area of our heart, every area of our life. We are apprehended. We are all in Jesus. Every part of me is yours. And there's this amazing story in the New Testament of a young man. Jesus had been preaching to around... uh, 15,000 people, and they all got hungry because they had been out there all day. There was a problem, and the disciples came to Jesus and said, how are we going to feed these people? They're hungry. They need food, and Jesus said, you feed them, and they're just like, what? Like, there's no KFC. There's no Coles. There's no Woolworths. They're, you know, they're out in the bush in the desolate places, and they're like, what? It says this in John 6, 9 to 11. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, had the people sit down. There are plenty of grass in this place. They sat down and Jesus then took the loaves, took the fish and those seated. He gave thanks and distributed them to all the people as much as they wanted. Do you know, I love this miracle. I often think about it. Why did Jesus take all that this little boy had? He had bread, he had fish, he could have just taken one of each. But in this moment, there was this amazing exchange where Jesus said to this great young man, I want you to give me everything that's in your hands. This poor boy, he was probably hungry. He's like, no, flip off everyone. I packed my lunch, or my mum did. And, but Jesus said, I want it all. I want it all. I can't relate. Uh, I want it all. See, Jesus comes, when we make him the Lord, he doesn't just want parts of our life or parts of our heart. You can have this Jesus on a Sunday, but but I'm still going to watch the movies I want. I'm still going to search the websites or date whoever I want. I'm still, you know, I'm going to give you this part, but not this part. No, Jesus, and this is the point I believe in this story, is he requires everything. And this young man gave Jesus everything in his hand and said, Lord, I don't know why, but I trust you. And here I am. I commit myself completely to you. And Jesus took what he had. He multiplied it and moved in power. And there was a greater miracle on the other side of his obedience. Here today... I'm wondering, have you and I fully committed to Jesus? Have we given him everything? Have we given him every area of our heart? Because it doesn't matter what is in our hands. It doesn't matter how gifted we are, how talented we are, how confident we are. That's good, but it doesn't matter to him. All he requires from you and I, are we willing to say yes and say, Jesus, I give you everything? I want us all to stand here today. Melbourne East, can you stand with us? I'm telling you in a moment, I know something powerful is going to happen both in this room, both in Melbourne East and New Street and those watching online. I want to share one last story in the Bible. Mark 10, 20, 22. Jesus had a man come to him a rich young ruler. 
He said, what do I have to do, Jesus, to inherit eternal life? See, this young man, uh, this rich young ruler, wanted to follow Jesus, just like I know you and I want to follow him. He was in. He said, Lord, show me, teach me. And, and teacher, the man uh, replied, I've obe- he said, I want you to obey these commandments. And then we read on from here. I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. I believe the Lord's eyes are looking into our heart in this moment. He loves you. He feels genuine compassion for you. Melbourne, He wants you. He he loves you. And He said this, there's still one thing. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure. Come follow me. And at this, this man's face fell. He went away sad that he had many possessions. See, I believe this wasn't about money. But what happened in this moment is Jesus found an area of this young uh, ruler's life. There was something in his heart that he hadn't trusted God with yet. He had given God probably everything. I'm willing to trust you with this and with that. I want to follow you. But when it came to the realm of money, he was holding back one of those loaves of bread And Jesus came knocking on his heart and said, hey, son, I love you. I want you to go all in. I got an incredible future for you, but I need you to be fully committed. He prodded on on his heart. And in a moment, I want us to do some business with God because I know many of us probably have an area of our heart where we struggle. I have many areas where I struggle to trust God with, to go all in with. It might be He comes knocking today and says, it is, I want you to trust me and put me first in your finances. For others, maybe there's a secret addiction that you've been struggling with for years and He comes knocking on your heart here today and says, Lord, just give it to me. Maybe it's a, a fear of the future or anxiety anxiety. Maybe it, it could be a multitude of things. It might be a dream in your heart. You don't want to let, let go. But when He comes knocking on our heart, I encourage you, don't keep anything hidden from Him, but let's give it all to Him. What we're going to do in a moment is I'm going to open the altar. Melbourne, we're going to open the altar. The band are going to sing. And I want to invite two groups of people to come and respond to God. We're going to pray for you, but this isn't actually about getting prayed for, even though that will be powerful. This is a moment between you in your heart and Jesus Christ individually. And number one, I want, I want people who are saying here today, it might be for the first time, it might be for the thousandth time, but you're saying, Lord, as I begin this year, I am making you the Lord. I am putting you first. If that's you, I actually want you to respond to God and come in the altar in a moment here and in Melbourne or just make a step. But that's you saying to God, I'm putting you first. And secondly, as people do that, I I really believe that some people need to do some business with God. As I've been sharing, the Lord's just revealing an area of your life or heart that you haven't fully given to Him and surrendered to Him. And if that's you in a moment, I want you to step out as well and do some business with God. So right now, if you're one of those two people, I just want to lastly say this. I saw in prayer that heaven's eyes are on this moment. In Melbourne, heaven's eyes are on this moment. And as people respond, I saw so much activity in heaven. I saw mantles getting dropped. I saw callings being released. I believe that significant moments in your future will be unlocked right now as you step out and say, God, I'm committing myself 
yourself to you. So if that's you right now in this room in Melbourne East to step out, go to the altar if that's you. If you're saying, Lord Jesus, I will obey you. Lord Jesus, I fully commit myself to you. Lord Jesus, you are not just my Saviour, but I am making you my Lord. If that's you right now, just feel the front, feel the front, feel the front here and in Melbourne. Feel the front. Come on, His eyes are on this moment. If He's knocking on the door of your heart, have the courage. Say, Lord, I will respond. If there's an area of your heart you need to give to Him, just give it to Him. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Thank you, God. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, in a moment, Melbourne, I'm just going to release you to Alex and, uh, and right now, actually, and the team are just going to pray for those on the altar. God bless you, Melbourne. We love you. But here in this room right now, we're going to sing some worship. I'm going to get the team to continue to, to sing. Uh, and for those down the front, I'm going to ask our ministry team, we're going to come and lay hands on you. And those in your seats, maybe you just feel uh, there's something holding you back. Can I encourage you, friend, if that's you, even as we begin to worship, just come down the front. Come down the front. But come on, team, let's just worship Jesus together. Let's do business with God.